welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. The following is audio from the Latin Comics Expo on a panel that Kristen um, moderated by the name Latina Power. And it was a very beautiful, wonderful panel, but it was the first time I recorded audio at a live panel, so it was not very good audio. I did try to modify quite a bit of it, and um, hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I did being there. But again, I apologize in advance because the audio is not very good, and not everybody had the same pitch um, when they spoke into the microphone, so I'd like to extend a cordial apology, but I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. So, thank you all for coming to Latina Power. I was so excited to be able to moderate this uh, panel. My name is Kristen. Uh, my name is Kristen. My, I'm going to say Paris because my grandmother was young. And um, I have some children's story ideas, um, but then I had also 
series of unfortunate events that happened to some friends and family members, and I came up with the idea for the Magic Classes, um, which is the comic we just released in May. And uh, I collaborated with a friend of mine who's been in the industry for a few more years, and that's how I got started. I never like planned it, it kind of just happened, but now I love it and want to do so much more with it, so I'm excited. Thank you. 
we uh, we have had so many people come up and purchase or uh, let us tell them about the today um, and I shared this story on a previous panel um, but uh, it, there was a, a young woman that came up to uh, us at night and it's worth the day we had offered a first issue of the day where what we did But to me, it's kind of 
representative of like, the society of like, the representation of money, and like there's a dichotomy represented there. So it's you're either a saint or you're yeah. You're either like representative of the older me wearing a rosary or maybe a bishop or trying to vacuum in the house of modern family. Like that's not real. And we're just trying to show you the spectrum and just mean that dichotomy that
opportunity for my reality as well. In a lot of ways, what's already been said, um, but I think like power on like a, on a structural level is definitely like letting us taking control of the means of production. No, uh, <laughs> 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 um, like being a publisher, being an artist, uh, even being like the convention and the expo organizer. So like, I was talking to Ricardo and uh, his daughter Sofia earlier during the convention and just talking to them I could tell that it was like Sophia was probably been pushing for like more women to be at the convention, for more seed makers to be at the convention. Um and I could tell because they kind of basically is like would admit it. <laughs> like, well I understand that he's like one of the main organizers of it, like I can I can definitely see like his wife's influence, daughter's influence on how the convention has been shaped and changed so I definitely think like the power is like unseen and wants putting it all together. Um, and I also think that on like a more individual level, it's just encouraging other young young women young to be the artist. Like that was a real hard for me. Like art was the academy by like thirteen. Like, that was not a thing that you do. Like it doesn't make money. It's not gonna get your family to think that they need to live, etc. I think I really I gave up on it by like middle school and I didn't even start my comics until like two years ago. I'm twenty nine, so I started it at like twenty seven. Like that's when I started drawing. I was never really into comics. Um my brother had a huge stash, but I just like didn't care because it was like mainstream comics, it was like moves here all the time. Yeah. And I wasn't into it. <laughs> but it wasn't until I got way older that I was just like, I don't want I want to comics. <laughs> Um, that it's like really changed a lot of what I think that I'm even capable of. Like, the idea of being able to start this webcomic was just like a fun thing. And then seeing so many people gravitate towards it, so many people relate to the story, I was like, oh, snap, I'm on something. Um, and it's just very right? Because a lot of the messages that I was getting were from other women, older women, younger women, and those words of encouragement mean the world. Um, so I'm an after school teacher now, and one of my programs is to teach kids how to comics, middle schoolers. So I always tell them that they just draw <laughs> uh, anything. Like, they have a hard time creating characters, but they never think it's good enough. Um, you know, they're watching SpongeBob, they're watching uh, our Fosters and like, Adventure Time. And they're just like, we love those comics. I'm like, you know how you know SpongeBob is sponge, right? <laughs> Thank you. 
so ready for comics and so ready to have uh, books and media that reflect themselves not only in the way that the characters look but in the stories that are being uh, portrayed in these books. So uh, thank you all here for doing that. I feel like I'm probably going to say that over and over again. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking about when I was thinking about uh, this panel and Latina Power is the fact that there has been a lot of talk about intersectionality within the feminism movement um, with regards to people of color, women of color, not feeling like that movement includes them. And so I was wondering, um, how do you see, if you see parallels to that um, within your creative uh, endeavors, within the comic industry, within the theme world, within that space of are there parallels and like what has been your experience and how do we as women of color and Latinas um, really try to um, to to really uh, like make sure that Latina power and, and women power like what's we're looking for like how do we reconcile that? Big question. <laughs> um, I think that we just always so as much as we encourage Latina power, et cetera, like we always have to look at you know, the margins of the margins, like whether we're in them or not. So like for example, I exist as like a light skin right? That affords like a certain amount of privilege. Right? Nobody really questions that blah blah blah. Um I'm taping with my friend who's Afro-Bolico and then my black or indigenous, and it's like that definitely something that we see as like margins of the margins, like an identity that isn't always Um, but in thinking about intersectionality and art and all 
larger intersectionality where, so like, I guess like the question is kind of like about the difference between like white feminism and like Latina feminism and like how we use media to like cross those lines and move beyond that. Um, I kind of feel like it's kind of like, uh, I think I'm talking the right crowd for like Nixon, so I'll think about like, yeah, probably the right crowd. <laughs> 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 so what, I don't know if you've ever heard where you're like, do you want to be accepted as part of the community, or do you want to exist separately and, you know, really embrace your power? So, I'm kind of like on the magnetic camp right here, where we're just kind of like, can you and me argue about what feminism is to white women, and can we be invited to your party? We need to be like, no, we're mutants, and we have superpowers, and we have <laughs> to our stories, and we exist, and they're amazing, and we're poets, and we're artists, and here it is taken. So we just need to make our own media and make our own spaces and not wait for people to invite us in the gallery. Not wait for people to invite us to be published. Not wait for people to say like, oh, can we publish your book? No, it's later. We publish my book. You want to copy? Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it is. Like, all the organizing that we do in San Antonio is with other ministers that are like women of color and we're just like organizing together. And we're not worried about like what women in New York are doing wearing hats that look like hat faces or whatever it was, you know? <laughs> we're not worried about what white feminism is doing. We're worried about ourselves. We're worried about working in our community. We're worried about empowerment. We're worried about mobilizing. We want to do that, and once we do that, it's going to prove to people that the feminism is important. We exist. We're here. Our stories are here. And that's that. We exist outside of that, and eventually the greater It's very much that he wanted 
families to be represented, he wanted a multitude of characters to be represented, um, but uh, we made sure that as a creator that he was infused through every aspect of the process, and for that genuineness of the conference is going to be storytelling and paper. So I feel like um, when you publish Latina media, the biggest stereotype that you have to combat is like the super sexy Latina stereotype. I think that that's like the main thing that's everywhere. And I think that like for me personally, it was kind of like a moment where I had to have a talk with myself. I feel like, hey Tosh, what's going on? We're publishing a sex positive magazine where a bunch of Latinas are talking about their sexuality. Are you contributing to the hypersexualization of Latinas in the media? And I really had to like talk to myself, like, what about this? What about this? And I came to the answer, but no. And it's because we are telling our own stories in our own words and there are our own experiences. And it's really important that communities have the ability to talk about themselves in honest ways. And it's not fair that we have to feel like we're going to be judged, or like we're contributing to a cliche, or we're contributing to stereotypes. We just want to talk about something that's natural and human, and in all of us. And like taking away Latina sexuality from narratives and from media that's being told by us in our own words is counterproductive because that's giving more power to the idea that other people get to tell the stories of our sexuality. Other people are in charge of what it looks like for us to be like sexual humans. Um, so what we're trying to do, like with the theme, is like allow women to stay connected and feel affirmed in their experiences of like you know queer love or masturbation or whatever their experiences. Uh, but it really does go beyond that with like all of the narratives that we're doing in the scene. It's like talking about just everybody allowing like allowing all Latinas from like different walks of life to talk about their specific experiences. So that's how we're combating stereotypes is by showing like all the in-betweens of the assumptions of, uh, of Latina. So the assumptions that are there are already like I said, like, you know, in a movie you're usually the main, like Lupe was like an actress for like thirty years and she was made in fifty two times recipes Lupe. Uh, and then Sofia Vergara, like, she never is not wearing a tank top and a bra. Like, those are the representations we have available right now. And what we're trying to do with, like, publishing, like, real stories from Latina is showing that there's so much in between those two, you know, really different perspectives that are, that are shown, that are not even written by us. Just like there's diversity in color, then there's diversity in personality. <laughs> He's done very well for himself. 
actually. So um, even in my two parents, I've had a very variety of different um, career paths that they took um, that go against what we commonly see in the media, and I wanted her to be able to show that through the artwork that we do. Um, but she definitely was open to that feedback, and I'm conscious that she had done that, and um, we changed the look of the law. And she also then partnered with me and said, let's, let's talk about like the background, the scenery of, um, of the book. Um, I live in Watt. And I said, you know, I really want to send some pictures because I want her to be authentically like I'm right up here in South Central. So I sent her some pictures and she's even been to my house and in the community so that she can see what it looks like. So when she drew those images, she had uh, authentic representation of like, you know, so there's some homelessness. <laughs> you drive by my community, but then there's other shops of like really nice areas of our community too. So um, again, trying to fight those stereotypes that what is bad place or you know that um, it's just a place where poor people live or something like that, but it's or violence or things like that. There's actually real people living there and building a real community. And I think she did a really nice job working.
right? Um, a little dorky Latina girl who like was growing up in the hood, but like uh, like cool, <laughs> like reading, um, and like really nerdy things in general. That doesn't quite right. Um, a mother who, although she grew up in the Catholic Church, got to the point where she started rebelling against it. Um, for various reasons, for the way that they were treating their daughters. Um, and there's always like little aspects of that that I try to bring out in my comics from the perspective, from, like my perspective of when I was 12. So, like watching Novela, Novela, the pretty stereotypical, I mean, with all in my eyes, I'm like, why is it always the same poor woman falling in love with that same rich dude? Um, and just little things like that that can also even shake up, like, maybe even internalize stereotypes that we have within our own community. So it's not just from the outside in, it's like us sometimes. Like the things that we start to believe about ourselves. Um, that whether you notice it or not, sometimes you just start to kind of believe that you should be a sexy Latina or uh, whatever it might be. And just starting to tear into that. Um, I created a comic recently called Lucita Gets Scared that's about Scholar's friend Rosita who's undocumented. And the whole comic is about her witnessing the deportation. She's undocumented, living here with her mother. Um, and I got a lot of press, and I had a lot of people interviewing me about it. And I realized real quick that I needed to like not turn this into some soft story, because that's exactly what the interviewers were trying to get at me. Right? Like, only Just particularly TV and film, does that have to do 
be in the uh, print arena as well? I'm constantly having conversations with other women about how when we go to an event and table and try to represent ourselves as professionals, there's always this layer of people, specifically men, coming up to our table and kind of implying that it's a potential for a sexual encounter. And that happens so often. And it's really so crushing because here we are working our asses off to be good at something to like empower ourselves in our voice. Um, and here we think, okay, this amazing artwork all around me. I worked really hard to get here. And the first thing that um, that's brought to my attention when sometimes a man comes up is my sexuality. So it's something that's just so common that I think to a certain point you just expect it. And if anything, having the experience coming to the forefront means that, well, Obviously, this is coming up, and some people are actually getting it. So perhaps now, when we think about it, those people will be listening to people other than women will be listening. And maybe now there is potential to shift that culture. Thank you. I mean, just like she said, I don't think it takes anything as extreme as what we're seeing in the media, you know? Um, jerking off in front of you or anything like that, but I think just what this like, you want to re- be respected for our work, you know, and I actually said to someone, I said, you want to compliment me, don't compliment my looks, compliment my work, or give me criticism, or give me feedback, but I'm not sure to engage with you on that level, and like you said, like, that's the first thing, you know, we're coming out here trying to be serious about our business, and be business women, be business minded, um, we want to be respected as so. so even though it may not be something very, um, Forward like that, I mean, just those subtle comments sometimes make you feel like, if you can take me seriously, I'm not just a few girls laughing, you know, <laughs> uh, but thanks, you know, I really want to do this for a living, and um, I'm going to be your competition, uh, <laughs> not your date, you know? We did have an issue like that a while back in the, so like the art community, the social um, so it raised a lot of questions about, like, you know, consent, call-out culture, how you do things like, how you deal with things like this when it's a member of your community. Um, we had a conversation about, like, it was me and Lisa from St. Susia and a local gallery owner, and we had a conversation about, like, okay, restorative justice versus, like, housing for the community, like, what's more important, like, what are priorities here? And we came to the conclusion in that situation that, the priority was to build a community where women can say that something has happened to them and we don't question it. Uh, so we made a public statement like, we're pulling out of this guy's shop. Uh, his store closed the next day after he was accused. Uh, we honestly heard about what happened. We don't know because we weren't there and it was something that was like really close friends with Lisa. So she was like devastated. She was crying. We're on the front porch and Lisa was crying and it can't be and I'm like, well, what do you do? Do you want to have a community meeting? And then Kayla, who's the gallery owner, was like, you know what, we need an owl. So we just have this huge conversation about like, what is the answer when this stuff comes up in like DIY communities and like pump uh, shows or safe spaces or art galleries. Well, we're trying to put it all on our own. It's not like we can go to the police and be like, hey, this person is bothering me. It's like, no, we have 
a gallery space, or we have a shelter at home, or we're you know, renting a bar space, we're responsible for the space, we're responsible for the people we're inviting, we're responsible for the community that's involved. So what we came up with was like, no, we need to just say publicly, like, we're not going to question whether or not this woman is telling the truth. We're going to build a community where it's like, if somebody's forward, then they're really, we don't want it to be like, you know, oh, we're women, but what was she doing? Did was she really hide when that happened? And I don't like her all. We're not going to be. So, yeah, we just decided we're pulling out of other female artists who have a shop with people who can stay. Valkyrie. 